Hello, and welcome back to the Security Metrics Podcast. My name is Jen Stone, and I'm one of the principal security analysts at Security Metrics. Today, we are very, very honored to be able to come to you from the PCI SSC community meetings in Europe. This year, they're in Dublin, Ireland. Very excited about that. And the topic that we have um, for you today is, I think, very compelling because it's a change and people are still understanding, getting used to it, but it's about securing our software. So welcome to the show. I have with me today, Jake Marcinko. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you please tell people a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Jen. Uh, so obviously, Jake Marcinko, I am a standards manager at the PCI Security Standards Council. And I chair the PCI's uh, Software Security Working Group and Software Security Task Force, which is responsible for uh, a set of standards that we refer to as the Software Security Framework. And I am so glad that you had time to talk to me today because the SSF, which is you know short for the Software Security Framework, um, talking to, to different people around uh, around the world and and in the U.S., they're confused about this how it relates to the. PADSS, whether and merchants too, uh, not just the people who are trying to um, get their software certified, the people who are using it. So maybe, maybe we'll start with the PADSS, and then what was that? What is the SSF? What is this transition? Um, just put it in context for us. Sure, sure. I, so I, I think most folks that are, are probably familiar with PADSS and and perhaps what its intent was. Um, when PADSS was originally introduced, it was introduced uh, in, with the intent to support PCI DSS. So it was a way for um, merchants who were purchasing point-of-sale systems. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it was a, a standard that was around ensuring those point-of-sale systems had the functionality and capabilities and as well as the protection mechanisms to protect PAN and SAD with the intention, again, of those getting uh, installed and maintained within um, – within PCI DSS environments. Okay. The difference with the software security framework um, is that we were shifting away from PAN and SAD-centric focused. Uh, so again, PADSS very much about protecting, you know, payment or I'm sorry, um, payment account numbers mm -hmm. and uh, sensitive authentication data, whereas the software security framework is more about uh, with the two standards one of the standards, the secure software standard, is, is focused more on general data assets um, rather than specifically PAN or SAD. And, and, and the reason for that is because, you know, we have so many different ways to process payments today mm -hmm. versus, you know, 10, 15 years ago where it was all tied to a, a PAN or an account number. Today we have tokens and, you know, uh, you know. QR codes, all, all kinds of different methods for, for taking and processing payments. And so, uh, at least as far as the secure software standards concerned, it's for, focused more on um, the, the vendor understanding what, those, what the actual data assets are, um, as well as the functional assets, so APIs, um, other types of capabilities and, and functionality within an application, as opposed to just focusing specifically on PAN or SAT. Now the other standard, the uh, Secure Software Lifecycle standard, um, again they're very they're similar in nature to what PADSS uh, was designed to, but uh, rather than baking everything into a single standard, we we opted to split out the concepts of software functionality and software capabilities mm. 
from vendor software development practices. And so okay. that latter aspect, vendor software development practices, uh, it, it was was uh, now the focus of the secure software lifecycle standard. And again, that's very, uh, and that one is more focused on the processes that vendors use to ensure that their applications are secure when they're developing them. So secure development practices, um, uh, testing, are they, are they testing the, the software for vulnerabilities throughout the, the software lifecycle? Are they doing risk assessment? Are, are they looking at attack vectors? Are they continuing to evolve their protection mechanisms to address those? So all of those, you know, originally in one standard in PADSS, focused very much on PAN or SAD. Now it's a broader focus split into two different standards, one focused on software capabilities, the other on vendor uh, software development maturity. Okay. So um, sticking with kind of the merchant focus, which you were talking about a little bit earlier, one of the questions I get is, how do I know that I'm the software I'm getting is is secure? Because in the past, a lot of them would say, okay, I'm working with this company. I'm using their application. They give me the PADSS. I know how to, and then I could turn around and give that to my my QSA or or have that internal assurance that that this payment software that I'm using is good. Now, now, what do they ask for? Uh, to, to who the the merchants? For, yeah, from the merchant perspective, I want to use this payment application. How do I know it's this is a secure way to process payments in my environment? Yeah, so it, it's we still do listings. I mean that that's that's one of the the primary uh, functions of the council is to um, is to work with the assessor community and and have products evaluated against security requirements, mm-hmm. and then those that 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 have been have demonstrated that they meet those security requirements, we, we list those products and solutions on our website. So that concept is still the same. But the, I, I think the thing that's, that's shifted a little bit is um, everyone, they, they, I think historically, they've, and perhaps they've been trained, uh, is to go to the, to, to the, the applications or the products that are listed mm-hmm. are somehow deemed secure right and that's that's a very very nebulous uh, or you know subjective term and, and so I think the, the one of the things that we've we've tried to do with the software security framework is is you know move away from the idea that you know hey the we're, we're certifying these things as secure to more to the idea that well we've certified these things to a set of requirements mm-hmm. and, a, and a set of security requirements that we feel are, uh, is important. Mm-hmm. What you do with that is is the merchant's decision or, or whoever's uh, implementing those solutions, and, and really trying to move away from this idea that that uh, just being listed on on a listing is you know somehow you're secure. Because at the end of the day, you can take an application that's met uh, all of these requirements and misconfigure it, and right. it's no longer secure. Right. So <laughs> that that's really what we're we're, we're trying to be be very explicit and and uh, you know conveying that idea that, you know, it, it, it's not identifying these applications as quote-unquote secure. It, it's really, hey, these, these have met a series of requirements. Mm-hmm. And what you do with that is, is your responsibility. And, and we obviously continue to provide guidance on how to configure those applications uh, in a secure way. Right. It's, part, it's actually one of the requirements in a secure software standard um, that, that vendors have to do is provide guidance to tell people how to implement that application uh, or that software in a, in a secure manner. So that, that's all still the concept, but the, I think the, the purpose of the listings have changed a little bit. 
Okay. So the people who are actually looking at, you know, the standards and looking at the software, so the people who are doing the certification of these things, um, is this, are these people who are, do they have special training? Do they have special certifications? What does it take to become like a, an assessor of these, of these standards? Yeah. So, uh, we have the, the requirements to become a, a, a we have two separate uh, assessor types naturally uh, aligned with each standard and program. So mm -hmm. we have a secure software assessor and a secure software lifecycle assessor. And uh, each have different qualification requirements. But generally speaking, it's, it's um, you know, the secure software uh, lifecycle assessor is probably more um, similar to the traditional PADSS assessor. So the qualification requirements are similar. You need to have, obviously, an auditing background. If you were a QSA, that, that, that actually is helpful because, um, you know, the, the, the concepts that, that you're required to have or that you're required to know as part of the QSA program, very similar to, to Secure Software Lifecycle. With that said, there are some additional uh, requirements uh, like understanding software development practices, and more so as you as you look at the Secure Software Assessor, we ex we expect the assessors to have skills in um, actually attacking an application. Uh, you know, what are what are some of the common vulnerabilities? What are the co uh, the common techniques that are used to attack applications beyond the traditional network-based attacks that you um, that were that most folks were focused on right. in general network security yeah so, so um it's a pretty big change and everybody whenever there's a change um it's hard to adapt to the new way of looking at things or the new way of talking about the things um how do you see this new approach evolving um are are people going to be able to um to to kind of leverage this in their development of software or the software they use, where do you see that going? I, yeah, I, again, the, the program is very much vendor focused, so it's it's focused on organizations who produce payment software mm -hmm. and and make make those commercially available to the merchant community, for example. Um, with that said, I think a, a, a key differentiating factor between uh, the software security framework and the listings and PADSS. Is that um, you know beyond the fact that we're we're kind of broadening the focus away from just point of sale systems to now e-commerce systems, mobile platforms, embedded, um, all of the different ways that that people are accepting payments now. In addition, uh, and, and this was one of the reasons why we created the software security framework was to almost to create a central repository for software security requirements mm -hmm. that other PCI SSC programs could then reference. Historically speaking, uh, and as our portfolio of standards and programs has grown, uh, historically we would have written and perhaps in many cases duplicated requirements uh, that, that touch on similar concepts across different programs and standards. And one of the things that we really wanted to do with this was to um, have that in one place rather than duplicating that information across programs and standards and then just point back to the software security. So, for example, uh, we have the, the uh, MPOC standard that references both um, secure software and secure SLC. So rather than, than uh, duplicating requirements that, that uh, talk about software security in the MPOC standard, it references back to the secure software and secure SLC standards for different components of an MPOC solution. 
So, so really, you're supporting the software developers. You're supporting the, the service providers that are creating the, the software. Correct. Uh, yeah, and, and and but just beyond that, also, I, I think you you asked how other people might leverage this. Yeah. I think uh, you, you know the two standards are based on um, common uh, concepts that other software security frameworks uh, and and standards uh, also focus on. So, I I think. Um, you know, it could be used by by internal software development shops to make sure that they're developing their internal applications that perhaps they don't sell, mm -hmm. that they only use internally to make sure that that they're developed securely, that they're they're configured securely, and that they're able to process payments or other functions that might support the payments ecosystem um, beyond uh, the traditional uh, payment transaction flow. So that I think that's another key differentiating factor. Is again. You know, PADSS very much focused on the payment, you know, accepting payment right. information, helping yeah. to facilitate that payment transaction. Uh, software security framework, much broader than that. There are other aspects uh, of software security that are relevant within the payments ecosystem that, that aren't necessarily tied to facilitating a payment transaction. Identity management solutions, 3, 3D Secure, for example. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's the uh, attestation and monitoring component within the MPOC standard. Mm -hmm. um, none of those really can, you know, store, process, or transmit PAN, but it's something that supports the overall payment ecosystem. And 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 those types of applications historically weren't eligible for validation to PADSS are eligible for validation to secure software because again, it's more than just protecting the payment. The pan or or the sad or sad, yeah. but it, it's the overall protecting the the ecosystem, okay. not not just not just the data. Ex excellent. So um, you're giving a presentation this afternoon. I am yep. very excited that I got to see a little preview of it. And and one of the things that stood out for me in it was there are some uh, software security principles. Mm -hmm. Can you maybe go over what some of those are? Yeah. So uh, it, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the presentation. Um, you know, I tried to do something a little. I, the last couple of years, I tried to to move a little bit away from just talking um, hardcore technical concepts and mm -hmm. kind of pulling back and and trying to still convey those ideas and, and things that are important from a, a secure, software security standpoint, but do it in a way that's a little bit more engaging and mm -hmm. fun. And so, the presentation today, we, what I've done is incorporated music into it, and as well as as well as uh, a guessing game almost to try and get the the uh, the uh, the audience to participate in the presentation. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sneak out and go watch the yeah, presentation for but, sure. <laughs> so uh, again, the presentation is focused on some new things that we've introduced in one of the standards, uh, specifically what we refer to as Module C, which is a, a, an additional set of security requirements specifically for web-based software. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing it in a way and using musical analogies to help explain those those security concepts and principles. Okay. So some of the principles uh, beyond talking specifically about what each of the the four objectives within this new module C uh, are, uh, are pertain to. Uh, also trying to take a step back and, and really just talk about fundamental software security perspectives. Mm -hmm. Things like understanding that 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 software security is a function of software quality yes. and a very important aspect mm -hmm. of software quality. But then also pointing out that, um, you know, breaches don't happen because necessarily because of, of just a, a single major event. Mm -hmm. It's usually, or, or a major flaw, mm -hmm. it's usually a combination of, of, of several or perhaps many, many smaller things that right. 
um, when combined together can can uh, you know result in uh, you know very significant issues and, and uh, security flaws. So um, those are kind of the two principles: software quality and and uh, vulnerabilities. Um, and then use you know kind of show how the the four objectives in the in the new web software module um, how they relate back to those key principles. So that that's really what today uh, today's presentation about. And again, using musical analogy and lyrics and and you know the the inspiration behind songs and tying the, those concepts back to software security concepts. Well, that that sounds really interesting. And I and I like what you said about it's n not one event that creates, you know, a security incident. And I think it's one of the reasons that I like um, the standards produced by the, the PCISSC because there is a defense in depth um, approach to protecting um, payment card data, but, you know, the transactions. And, and really, even beyond that, uh, when people take it seriously, the ability to even take a payment because you can protect cardholder data, but not be able to take a payment if the systems are in some way compromised. Right. Um, and so I think that the, the standard um, from a PCI DSS perspective really helps support the secure software and they all work hand in hand in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, an, and another, I think a key differentiator between the software security framework and PADSS is we, we've, and you're seeing this start to um, bleed into other uh, PCI SSC standards and programs is, you know, going back to PCI DSS and even PADSS, um, we were very explicit in what the ex security expectations were. In, in many cases, telling merchants or, or software or, or product vendors, you know, you must do X, Y, and mm -hmm. Z. And, and really pres you know, prescribing the way something had to be done yeah. in order to, uh, you know, in order to achieve a, a, a positive security outcome. Right. Within the software security framework, we, we've tried as much as we can um, to move away from that concept and really just focus on the security outcome. So I think that that's something folks who are in the process and, uh, of transitioning from PADSS to secure software and secure software lifecycle, they'll notice that um, uh, that we don't necessarily tell them how they need to go about achieving a specific outcome. Again, we're more focused on you know, this is this is the security outcome we expect to achieve. Um, you're going to have to prove that you meet that. How you go about that is up to you. Now, the benefit of that is is that gives you know uh, software vendors and, and software development organizations the freedom to decide what's best for their business practices in order to achieve a uh, achieve a specific security objective. The challenge is is more immature organizations. They're no, no longer going to um, have the, basically be told exactly yeah. what they need to do to meet that. And I think some organizations are struggling with that a little bit. And so uh, fortunately, you know, with our assessor community, I think, um, you know, our assessors, we've, we've worked hand in hand with the assessor community to kind of convey what our expectations are from the council. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, through uh, that relationship and then the assessor's relationships with the the software development organizations and the merchants, they're able to help guide uh, those organizations, um, particularly those that are struggling with understanding what's the best way to go about to meet a specific security requirement, security objective. So um, anything it, kind of compelling or interesting to you in terms of um, things that are, are currently developing or some future-looking um, aspects of, of the work that you're doing? Yeah, so we... Um, 
we just released an uh, an update to the secure software standard i believe back in may and again it was to this is part of what my presentation is on is is to introduce uh, this new module the web software module or module c and again it, it's a, an additional set of requirements specifically focused on on e-commerce or web-based mm -hmm. software but um, we're already looking forward into um, continuing to evolve the software security framework. And so uh, a big focus, and this has shown up in some of the updates to PCI DSS in version 4, is the focus on uh, e-commerce attacks, um, digital skimming, uh, uh, the use of scripts within web pages and payment pages. And I, I think we're going to continue to evolve the software security framework to to um, keep it pace with the, the, the set of... Uh, common attacks or new attacks that are right. evolving and, and, yeah. and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, again, a, a statistic I, I heard recently uh, is that now um, I believe it's over 60 or 65 percent of all application delivery now is, is um, cloud-native applications. I believe it. And uh, so, uh, again, you, you know, we're Going back to the PADSS days, where everything was on a, a PC, right. uh, you know, that, uh, sitting on on a, a desktop, effectively, more towards uh, you know cloud-based systems. Mm -hmm. and, and again, SaaS is not a new concept, but it's just continuing to go in that direction to right. where the majority of all applications. And and so, as as the capabilities of these applications are evolving, so are the attacks. And so, we're already looking ahead. We already have plans for how we're we're going to evolve. Um, the software security framework to uh, to continue to keep pace with these attacks. Excellent. So, it, if, um, if if there's if there are software development organizations out there that this is kind of new to them, they might be interested in in going down this road. What's the best way for them to to dip a toe in, get involved in, and start going down this path? Yeah, I, I think um, and and uh, I, I think one important thing. To, to point out is it's not just the council that's driving, um, you know, the focus on software security anymore. Um, certainly in Europe, there there are uh, there are evolving regulations, mm -hmm. and uh, and more recently, at least in the U.S., the Executive Order uh, fourteen twenty eight, which is uh, really focused on driving software security into organizations that that sell uh, products to the federal U.S. federal government. Um, you're you're starting to see this concept, uh, you know, evolve in other spaces. So and, and market differentiation. Exactly, too. exactly. Uh, so it, you know, I just wanted to point out that it's not just the council that's driving right. this, but and again, this is this is a focus for the council as well. You know, we want it's in everyone's best interest that we're focusing on the same thing. So we're not trying to do anything that that these other organizations or these other frameworks and um, standards and standards bodies are focused on we're all focused on the same thing and, and so we're trying to to evolve in a way that's consistent with the way that these other standards and frameworks are evolving um, but getting back to your original question <laughs> um, what's the best way to learn about this I, it's uh, probably the best starting point is looking at our blogs we have um, you know our 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 uh, blog articles on the PCI SSC website. Mm. Uh, we do have a, a number of different blogs specifically on uh, the software security framework and software security in general. Mm -hmm. So you can filter search on on software security uh, and then you'll see all of our blogs on that. That's probably the best starting point because it gives you a very high level concept about yeah. what the software security framework is, 
how it's different than PADSS, and, and what's it intended to focus on, and then evolve into um, looking at the actual documents that mm-hmm. are associated with our standards and programs yeah. in the document library. Uh, so the standards, um, the the program guides. Uh, we also have um, it's fairly n- new. Uh, well, it, it we've used it in other assessor-based programs like point to point encryption, mm-hmm. um, but we also have what we call technical FAQs, right. and these are a little bit different than uh, than the FAQs you typically find on the website by searching. Uh, you know, those are more focused on you know general guidance. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we've actually said that, that those should be treated as guidance only, whereas a technical FAQ, it's a mechanism for the council to either provide clarifications or actually introduce new concepts or, or, or maybe not introduce new concepts, but certainly clarify okay. expectations mm-hmm. in a way um, that's a little bit more timely than having to wait around for another update right. to the standard. Mm-hmm. And so we typically provide that guidance uh, in what we in a document, what we call a technical FAQ. And it's an intended as an extension of a standard and program. So if there's a misinterpretation that we notice mm-hmm. um, through our, you know, through feedback, whether that's through RFC or just informal feedback that we receive from um, vendors, the assessor community, what we will often do is provide that that necessary clarification mm-hmm. um, in that technical FAQ, and then the expectation is is that gets factored into future assessments. Um, so that's another I, I think uh, differentiation between uh, the software security framework and PADSS is the adoption of uh, technical FAQs. Okay, that's really helpful, and I love that you give people a, a soft entry into it by by recommending <laughs> the blog post. I'm, I uh, I should start you know, changing how I introduce PCI DSS, which is what I'm usually associating um, with people on is, And they'll say, well, how do I understand that? And I say, have you read the standard? <laughs> which is, that's mean, because <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot, yeah. But, but having the blog posts of that, of that softer entry. And you know, that's one of the things I love about the PCI SSC um, website is that it is rich with information mm-hmm. um, and of different levels. And people can really find... Um, information from different perspectives there. We also have, uh, I, I think it's worth noting that uh, in addition to the website for um, for our p- participating organizations, uh, we have a global content library, which uh, like a video from my presentation today, yeah. uh, will eventually end up on the global content library as well as other, uh, other which presentations. I, which is great because now that we've talked it up so much and people are like, well, I'm not there. How am I supposed to see it? It's going to be on that. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so that's another great resource I think that's worth uh, noting too for and, and a lot of that's another way to get exposed to uh, to um, some PCI standards and programs without without necessarily having to dive straight into the technical details right. that are articulated in the standards. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come and, and talk to our listeners today and, and give us a little insight into secure software um, development. It's um, uh, I know that it, there are a lot of questions about it, and I think this is going to answer many of them. Well, I appreciate you having me, Jen. Thank you. Thanks for watching. To watch more episodes of Security Metrics Podcast, click on the box on the left. If you prefer to listen to this podcast, it's available on all your favorite podcast platforms. See you on the slopes.